This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good evening, everybody. It's Wednesday. It's 8 p.m. Only 8 p.m. This is so weird. This is too early. And it's time for me, that's Toby Payne Cook, Pre-Educate at Pre-Educate. And Ed Finch. Joining me lately, my good later, my good friend Ed, he's not quite ready, you know, he's done a proper job. He's back from school. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We've been away for a while. Ed and I have been busy, busy, busy. Lots of things going on. So we've not been on air for three weeks now. And we are on air early. And I don't have an Ed yet. Ed's going to join when he's ready. Because, you know, he's a busy head teacher. He's head teacher of the wonderful Church of England primary. That is Chagford Primary in Devon and he's had a busy long day he has about a 50 minute commute a 45 minute commute and he's been busy 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 so he's had a drive back from school he's had a get Douglas dinner and he's doing all that stuff so he's joining me within the next 20 minutes half an hour this is a one and a half hour show people it's only eight o'clock in case you're confused good evening Lucy you're the only person who so far has bothered to turn up it's lovely to see your name there. Lucy is the most dedicated listener of Ed and I. Camperman, good evening, good evening, good evening. Um, We're two hours earlier than normal tonight. We've got an hour and a half show. That means I'll play the news and the adverts twice. Um, Ed's joining later, don't worry. Ed will be here. Um, And uh, anyway, so this is a little strange. Now, I believe that next week, I don't think it's been widely advertised yet, but I believe that Teachers Talk Radio are rescheduling. Things are changing a bit next week from Monday the 23rd of May. And next week, the schedule is changing a little bit and there won't be any more 10 till 11 shows. To be honest, the 10 till 11 show that Ed and I have been doing since November, since late November, it's been a bit of a challenge. I mean, I'm I'm a sort of weirdo in the sense that I quite like late nights and I quite like early mornings, but they're not sustainable. Late nights, early mornings, eventually you get burnout. So you can't burn the candle at both ends for too long. But 10 to 11 has been too late for both of us, really. And so um, hopefully, I'm not sure what day, I think still a Wednesday, but we are going to be back on 9 till 10 from next week. 9 o'clock, I think, is the perfect time. 9 is the perfect time. 10's too late. And frankly... Eight too early. Um, so what happens on a Wednesday evening for me after school? Sometimes it depends on busyness. My head, who lives in, I mean, you know, I'm a private independent prep school. So the headmaster, not the head teacher, the headmaster, he has his own house provided with the job on the school grounds. And after school on Wednesdays, he does drinks. And obviously it's the summer. It's spring, everybody. 
it's spring, there's drinks in the garden, and I've had a few drinks in the garden. You might be able to tell, a little bit frisky, a little bit overexcitable, a little bit more, even more verbose than usual. Anyway, it's good to be back on the radio, because as I have said, Ed and I have been away for the last two weeks. There have been a couple of factors. Last week, it was mainly because Ed was exhausted from busily head teacherly stuff down in Devon, and I had a stinking cold. I've got the end of a cold now, so I apologise if it's a bit snotty and messy and noisy um, during the course of this show. It, I'm at very much at the final stage, the clearing out stage. Good evening, Richard Newbold. Big shout out, listening live. Um to me normally to us ed's joining a little later eight o'clock's a bit early for him frankly it's a bit early for me um I'm a little bit early for the post-school wine to wear off. Um, <clears throat> anyway, welcome. Lovely to see Richard online as well. Richard, a good new friend, teaches at the very fine, the very fine Skinner's um, school in Tunbridge Wells, uh, a chemistry teacher, a chemist, um, and a good new friend who I'm looking forward to seeing and meeting up with soon. So big shout out to Richard Newbold, big shout out to Lucy, our most dedicated and loyal listeners and a big shout out to camper man whoever you are um and also to all those of you listening on catch up i'm hoping there'll be a few more live anyway so as i say ed's joining later we're generally talking about spring so i think i'll stop waffling i've gone on a little circular motion but first a little bit of a personal stuff ed and i probably need to do this together later on but um Last week we didn't do a show because I had a cold, horrible stinking cold. Ed was tired from work. And also I was in the mire of of kind of house offers and stuff. Two weeks ago, um, I couldn't do a show because it was the day of my court hearing. I am now, people, divorced. Uh, probably not appropriate to go into too much detail on this on the radio, but I am officially divorced. I Settlement monies will come in August. Life will get back to normal. Well, not normal, a new normal, a new normal, a new post-divorce normal, like a new post-COVID normal will happen later in this summer. And I, people, I've got some good news for you. It was tough. Two weeks ago was tough. The last 18 months have been tough. But I have found a house. I have put an offer in and it's been accepted. And I'm a very happy man. I cannot wait for the rest of my life to begin, which will start later this summer. So it's all very, very exciting. But it has been a tough few weeks. That's why we've been away. Um, and Ed and I, as I say, are very excited about the new Teachers Talk radio schedule, where we'll be on a very new time of nine o'clock, I think. Probably still on a Wednesday. I'm not sure yet. Um, <clears throat> we will confirm, obviously, in the week via the Twitter sphere. And um, that's we'll start from next week. Nine o'clock is the perfect time, I think. Ten o'clock is too late. Eight o'clock is too early. But here we go. So, what are we talking about this week? We're seven minutes in. I've talked nonstop. I'm particularly verbose this evening. Um, so I'm looking for that little signal that I get from Ed when he's kind of back from feeding Douglas and back from decompressing from his busy day at work. Um, anyway, quite a lot has happened, hasn't it, in teaching and education in the last three weeks. Uh, most children have now started sitting their GCSEs, those of them in year 11. And of course, those uh, who are home educated will still be sitting their GCSEs. I don't know how that works, but I know one of the favourite people I follow on Twitter, someone called Katie Finlayson, 
I got that name right, Katie Finlandson, Kate Finlandson, who's a home educator. She's really wise. She's actually quite a believer in exams, I think, whereas, as you may know from my conversations, I'm not a big believer in exams. I do believe in exams as an educational tool um, in, in, in kind of getting people to learn stuff as an incentive, as a, as a incentive and a way of kind of in, inculcating knowledge. An exam is a wonderful device, as is an essay. But I don't necessarily think it's the best idea to judge all human beings based on their exam results age 16. That seems a little bit daft to me, as we know that 16-year-olds are at best half-formed human beings, at worst quarter-formed human beings. So it seems a little challenging, but I know there are many people who disagree with me. So that's the wonderful thing, isn't it? Life's rich tapestry. Anyway, this week, Ed and I plan to talk about spring and all things that go on in spring. So once Ed's online and he's joined me, we will talk about spring together. But I think um, we'll stick with the whole exam thing, because um, Ed and I can talk about primary schools and SATs and sats build up and post sats and we can talk about walks and the wonders of spring and i'd like to talk to ed about that together so i don't really want to steal his thunder or my thunder on that respect so i think maybe i'll start the show before ed decides to join us is ready to join us by talking a little bit about study leave and um getting ready for gcse's getting ready for a levels and kind of what happens in in secondary schools and senior schools um, in around this time. And whether we think, is this the best time of year? Is this the best time of year to do exams that, that everything matters? And I'm wondering, I think there's a really strong argument that it is the best time of year. I think in some ways, because we're, we're generally happier as people in the spring. Good evening, Mr. Shu. Good evening, Mr. Shu. I think generally speaking, when the sun is shining, or the daylight is a little longer, so we've got longer days, um, <clears throat> humans are probably a little bit happier than they are in the winter. And therefore, being, you know, that seasonal affected disorder or seasonal affective disorder disappears, dissipates through February, through March, and by April, and then into May, the days are stretching out, the days are longer. We are kind of, you know, Generally speaking, unless, as Lucy has pointed out, you suffer from hay fever, let's come to that later, then spring makes us feel a little happier than we probably felt in January or February or even in November. You know, we get temporary winter happiness in December because we know we're going to have a Christmas break and we know we're going to drink too much with relatives we don't really like. And so there's that whole Christmas feast pagan thing that goes on kind of hijacked by the christian church but anyway let's not go there and so that kind of happens in the winter but but mostly the winter's dark it's depressing it's hard and the days are short we drive to work in the dark we drive home in the dark and it's quite a good time for learning though i think the winter and the late autumn and the very early spring are really good times for learning because there's not as much distraction outside. So yes, in the spring, we are generally happier because sunshine, extended daylight hours, 
being able to enjoy the great outdoors or sitting in a pub beer garden in the evening after work, after school, is generally speaking a good thing, unless, as Lucy mentioned, you suffer from hay fever. Um, So the happiness thing perhaps helps with the exam season. GCSE students, A-level students, B-tech students, C-tech students, whatever. Um, I think it can help. But equally, from my experience of teaching children aged nine through to 13, they are happier and everyone feels happier in a school April through to July than they probably do November through to February. But they are also more distracted. So core learning, peak learning for me, children, September, October, always good for learning. Everyone's on it. They're focused after that long summer break. They're eager to get back to some kind of routine and ritual. And actually, they realise, most children realise, not all children, but most children realise that that void of chaos through August and a little bit of July and maybe a tiny bit of early September, it's actually quite hard work. It's actually quite hard work. So sometimes you need to just get into the groove, get on with it. And I think, I don't know. So I'd like some comments online. I'd like some comments online. Do children learn better in September, October, maybe January and February as well than they do in April and May? So in April and May, people may be happier, but they're a little bit more seduced by, I want to be outside. I don't be sitting in this classroom listening to my teacher drone on. I don't be sitting in this classroom doing a chemistry practical when I could be observing the intricate patterns and 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 structure of the underside of a leaf outside. You know, I want to be doing outside stuff in the summer. I don't want to be doing indoors stuff in the summer. And so it's a bit of a paradox, I think, that this is when we do exams. Um, anyone got any comments on that? Those of you who are listening in, all four of you. Good evening, Lightning Skies. Good evening, Mr. Shu. Said hello. Good evening, Richard. Good evening, Lucy. Um, what do you think about this this sort of balance about kind of the happiness, the joys of spring and early summer, which probably puts a more positive mood on things? We've probably got a little bit more energy. We've probably got a little bit more energy about us, um, uh, but we don't necessarily want to be sitting in a hot, stuffy exam hall or a classroom at this time of year. So is there a better time of year to do Oh, eight new messages? Hang on a minute. Have I got a spool down? Oh, no, those are the messages. OK, um, I don't know. So that's my thought. So just talking about GCSEs and summer and, and A-levels. Um, <clears throat> right. OK, that's my thoughts on that. And breathe. And breathe. OK. I am looking forward to Ed joining. For those of you who just listened in, whether you've listened in live or listening in on Catch Up, Ed Finch, the wonder cat that is Ed Finch, will be joining me. This is a one and a half hour show. We are 16, nearly 16 minutes in. It's a one and a half hour show. And um, we are, oh, hang on. I've got a new message. Wait, I'm trying to spool down here. Um, 
And then um, Mr. Shu talks about, yup, unless we went with a long winter break to hibernate in. Okay, I mean, that's a question, isn't it? I, I mean, I think personally, as a human being, not necessarily as a teacher, but as a human being, I think the spring is my favourite time of year because it's a fresh start. Everything looks wonderful. You've got all that fresh growth. You've got cow parsley in the hedgerows. You've got fading bluebells in the woods. You've got gardens coming alive. You've got lush, lush green pasture and all the leaves, all those fresh, young, new, kind of almost pale and small green leaves before they get too big and too dark green and too sort of, you know, too established. It's just, it's just wonderful and it's exciting. However, um, there's a lot to be said for sort of hibernation, a long winter break to hibernate in. That's interesting. Interesting. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's disproportionate, isn't it? Disproportionate the year, the school year we have, I mean, I know I teach in a private school, so I get three weeks at Christmas. I get three weeks at Easter. I get two weeks in October, early November, half term. I get one week in February and one week in May, and then probably seven weeks, seven, seven and a half weeks in the summer. But I know that most people get two weeks at Christmas, two weeks at Easter, and then six weeks, maybe only five and a half weeks in the summer. And February's the worst month, Lucy says. Dark, dull, cold, still skint from Christmas. Okay, best month and worst month. So Lucy tells me that February is the worst month. I think she's got a good point there. I think late January might be worse than February. I have two children with birthdays in February, so that's that's obviously adds, adds extra expense, but it also adds a little bit of joy. Um, I quite like February, late February, because late February you've got snowdrops, You've got really early narcissus and daffodils. Late February is like there's a sense that spring could come. Yes, you can still get a heavy snowfall. Yes, it's still cold. Yes, it's still dark. But those evenings are stretching out, beginning to stretch out. So I think late February is okay. Really early February is almost as grim as really late January. Really late January is the grimmest of all, I think. I mean... November, I think, is possibly the worst month of the year, but it's kind of made better by that anticipation of Christmas and all that sort of shared break from work that everybody has, not just teachers, not just children, but most people have kind of, not all people I know, but most people have a little bit of a decompression time at Christmas. Um, I didn't like Christmas being long holiday and summer in South Africa. Oh, too much pressure for one holiday. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I think I think that um yeah, so so yeah, just pausing to think about that a bit. So I think we're we're generally probably agreed that spring is most people's um one of most people's favourite. Some people like autumn, some people love summer. I mean, as a teacher and as a child. The summer is obviously wonderful because we have a long stretch off work. Now, whether we should still have a long stretch off work, because we're not really helping to bring the harvest in anymore, are we? But but whether we should or shouldn't have a long summer holiday, we do have a long our longest holidays in the summer. And so and it's great when you've got young kids or, or youngish kids, the long summer holiday is a good thing. And, you know, when you 
when you're young and, and the summer's good, summer's good. But it's all a bit skewed, isn't it? We have this really long summer and then we have shorter holidays dispersed through the year. So, but I don't know. I think, I think spring is an exciting time of the year. Um, however, as established already in schools, it's kind of like, um, you know, it's a weird time. Children want to be outside. They want to be enjoying the warmth. Classrooms are often a bit stuffy, whether the window's open or not. Uh, you know, can we concentrate as well when we're a little bit warm, a little bit dehydrated? You know, maybe we can't. And then, and then you know, there's all this pressure on certain age children, 16-year-olds, 18-year-olds, to some extent, 11-year-olds and 10-year-olds. You know, there's pressure on on the summer exam season or the summer mock well not mock but you know the, the year 10s and year 11s who are probably going not year 11s year 12s and 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 anyone else who's going to have end of year assessments in in year 9 possibly year 10 um maybe year 7 maybe year 8 you know um it's just it's just it's a tough time of year to be sitting still inside so um you know i don't think there's a solution i don't think i think the world I'm quite relaxed about how the world is at the moment. I, I sometimes go on about my edutopia and how I'd change everything and change the structure of the school year and the structure of the school week. And and I will be talking about that. Actually, let's let's make a mention of that whilst we are live. Um, I'm just checking. Yeah, I'm allowing Corbin. That's all good. I'm just checking so that Ed can call in when he's ready. But um. Later in September, I think it's about September the 17th, I think at a secondary school in New Cross in London, there is the Rethinking Education Conference. James Mannion, if you don't follow him on Twitter, I recommend it. James Mannion, big plug for James Mannion. Shout out for James Mannion. Rethinking Education. What I like about James Mannion, I don't know him well, I've never met him, but I like him on Twitter because he... He hosts a pod podcast, the Rethinking Education podcast, and he um, he talks about uh, you know he talks to lots of people from a broad church. So he's had a very broad church on his podcast. He's had he's had Guy Claxton, who is obviously a very much a progressive educator, very much into dispositions and and not fixating on you know guy claxton's latest book has been quite rude about direct instruction and knowledge rich he referred to those as dickers um you know a little play on words there but he's also you know and james mannion's also had adam boxer on his podcast who adam i think is a very wise you know wise beyond his years um but he's firmly in the the very much exam focused, the uh, trying to get the best out of kids from all backgrounds, not just the the children who you know born with a silver spoon or an intellectual spoon in their mouths. And Adam, Adam, I think is is a great presence on Twitter. Um, I think you know, but then Guy Claxton, they're sort of extremes these views. But James Mannion, so he interviews these people in his podcasts. And um, but what's very exciting about the Rethinking Education Conference? in uh september is that um it's got a really broad church of people going so it's got parents 
It's got alternative educators from alternative schools. It's got, uh, you know, mainstream educators from, from, from our current sort of schools. And it's got a real broad church of people. And I think I'm pretty excited. So um, James listened into mine and Ed's show probably a couple of months ago now when we were talking about Edutopia. And I've obviously got some pretty out there um, challenging the status quo slightly hippie dreamer kind of ideas about an edutopia about you know breaking down the boundaries between primary style education and secondary style education you know subject versus class teacher um focusing a little bit more on emotional intelligence and and kind of all that sort of stuff and focusing about emotional education or the school of life Alain de Botton, Alain de Botton's The School of Life, where we kind of, you know, we kind of think about people in a broader way than how good they are at maths or how good they are at English or how good they are at geography or science. We think a bit broader, we think a bit deeper about why we educate people rather than just becoming a grade factory as happens at this time of year in spring. So I digress, I digress. So um, I've got 25 minutes in now, everybody. And I haven't drawn breath. I hope the uh, four of you who are listening are vaguely appreciating the diatribe that is coming from my wine-fueled breath. Um, anyway, Mr. Shoe's liking the show. Lucy's liking the show. Thank you. Thank you. I apologise to anyone listening live or anyone listening back who's thinking, oh, my word. Oh, my word. That Toby Payne Cook, he doesn't stop talking and he's off on one he's repeating himself he's clearly had a little bit too much wine um anyway anyway let's pause okay so uh i want i'm waiting to speak to ed about uh stuff that's been happening on twitter and spring walks and i'm waiting to speak to ed about spring in primary schools so uh, there's no point me going off on one about um, sats and post sats. <laughs> I'm laughing. Um, um, Richard Newbold can't tell any difference compared with non fueled by wine. Okay, good. Well, that's good to know. Um, that's either really good news or really bad news. I'm not sure which. I'm going to go with a really good news. And my husband is laughing now. Hello, Lucy's husband. You must be a lovely man. Um, or yeah, but Lucy's on on Twitter a lot. And she's on listening to the radio a lot. So I hope you guys are okay. Anyway, big shout out to Lucy. Massive fan. Um, right. Uh, I'm just going to go to Twitter, actually, and have a little look. I have bookmarked a few things. So one of the things I wanted to talk about on the show was the old um, uh, tweet of the week. So let's do some sound effects. We haven't done any Saudi sound effects. Let's do it. Um, but this is more of a conversation for when Ed's here, but I'm still going to make sound effects because come on, it's, it's the Toby and Ed show. Where are we? It's my tweet of the week sound. Is it this one? Do, 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 do. It's not that one. It's this one. Tweet of the week. Okay. So... Oh my gosh, Twitter's busy this evening. Um, okay, um, my gosh, there's lots going on on there. Um, I don't know. Right, let's go to bookmarks. I I bookmarked something funny. Um, 
that made me laugh. I'm not going to talk about the surveys. I'll do that with Ed later on. Um, is this bookmarks? Border. What? No. Ah. Right, let's just talk about a funny tweet. A funny tweet, um, which has happened in the last week, three days ago. James Vaughan. Who is James Vaughan? James Vaughan at Equus on the Buses. At Equus, W, on the Buses. Historian of Propaganda and UK-Israel Relations at Interpol, Aber would talk less about anti-Semitism if there were less of it about. Okay, based on Aberystwyth. Anyway, he tweeted something that really made me laugh. And so this is just a funny tweet of the week. It involves swearing, but I'll code it. Okay. Uh, by some distance, the best park bench memorial I've ever encountered in loving memory of Hugh Davies, Hugh, H-U-W, good Welsh spelling of Hugh Davies, good Welsh name, in loving memory of Hugh Davies, used to sit here and shout F off at the seagulls. Now, for me, that was why Twitter was quite good. Um, you know, there's too much seriousness on Twitter. Alex, who said he was going to tune in, where are you, Alex? Where are you, Alice, at curtained sleep? Where are you, Alex, at Curtain Sleep? I want you to tune in. Um, you said you would. Um, he says that people, teachers, take themselves a bit too seriously. We don't laugh enough. There's not enough comedy in edu blogs. There's not enough comedy in edu books. And I think Alex is broadly right. I think Alex is broadly right. Um, anyway, um, that was comedy for you. But talking of Twitter, so I think we need to pause and just talk about Eurovision. So Eurovision happens in the spring. It's aligned with our theme. For those of you who've tuned in just now or are listening in um, on Catch Up, you know, in the spring, there's this thing called Eurovision. And this thing called Eurovision is utter trash. I mean, there is nothing of any cultural worth about Eurovision. It's pure quiche. Quiche, K-I-T-S-C-H. How do you say that? Kitsch kitsch um and it's very camp and it's very funny it's very silly but i do think that graham norton is almost as good as terry wogan graham norton's brilliant and i was sitting on my own in my attic squat on saturday night having a little browse a little scroll through twitter and suddenly i realized oh my gosh it's Eurovision night, and it passed me by. I hadn't read any newspapers or, or TV adverts alerting me to this fact. And um, Twitter, if there's any good reason for Twitter, it's Eurovision night. It's just funny being on Eurovision during, or being on Twitter during Eurovision. And so I then turned it on. I turned on Twitter as the Spanish entry just started. Oh, my gosh. The Spanish entry in Eurovision. I assume some of you saw it. Well, there was rather a lot, or not very much, depending on your perspective, to see. The Spanish entry was, I think, as Graham Norton said, it was the sexy entry. And there wasn't a lot of clothes worn. And I can't remember the tune. 
but I can remember what it looked like. So, but then I sort of carried on watching, and I was waiting for our entry, and and it was, you know, it's utter trash. I mean, I don't know how this thing is. I don't get it really. But I watched it, and the UK entry was somewhat eccentric and upbeat and full of joy. And fair play to Sam Ryder. Fair play to Sam Ryder. It was great. And then I started watching. And then I turned over. And on the other side was Jules Holland. And Jules Holland obviously had a lot better music on than Eurovision was hosting. So I love Wet Leg. Anyone like else like Wet Leg? New double sort of female indie band. One kind of playing guitar, facing away from the kind of microphone, and then the other one a little taller, um, not as blonde, singing vocals, wet leg, you know. There's a great line. What's their line? What's their line? I mean, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek sort of stuff, wet leg. Uh, what's the big um, hit? Shays Long. You know, I went to school and I got a degree. All my friends call it the big D. I went to school and I got the big D. I went to school and I got the big D. I'm now signing off my WhatsApp messages to my kids as the big D because I'm their dad and I'm big. Um, I found out how big I was just last week. Um, as I was doing, we were doing similarities and differences in human beings, variation, and I was, you know, with year five, nine, ten-year-olds. And, of course, one of the things that annoys me about human beings greatly is that we spend so much time thinking about how different we are and we talk about genetics uh, and entry-level genetics and our genes make us look different, you know, blue eyes, blonde hair, dark hair, tall, short, different blood groups, all these differences. But, of course, what we don't ever talk about is how our genes make us the same as each other. 99% the same. We've all got two arms. We've all got two eyes. Ed Finch in the house. Ed Finch in the house. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord, Ed Finch. You're here. Hey. 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 I'm I'm here. I got home from work. I've had (laughs) waffles with fish fingers and beans. And I'm in the house. Potato waffles. Potato. That's the only kind of waffle I care for. I I care. I care. I care Do you for like those ones that they put in? Uh, you go to the syrup. Tesco's cafe. You can have a waffle with crispy bacon and maple on it. I maple don't want that. Syrup. No, I want you a potato waffle. A potato waffle. That's maple pure rock egg. and roll. Oh, Ed, Ed, thank you for saving me. I think what I was on a doing? bit of a roll. I've been talking absolute <laughs> rubbish for. I'm sorry. Four minutes. Nonsense. What have the listeners been saying? The listeners, Lucy liked the show. Mr. Shu says, what a brilliant idea. Um, my husband is laughing now. It sounds like you've been having a right time. Luckily, you have north-facing classrooms, so relatively cool in the summer. Yeah, no, look, you've been going, it's been doing great material about windows and, I don't know, all sorts. Is it worth catching up? <laughs> is it worth catching up? Oh, man, I've lost him. Has he lost me? Hey, ladies and gentlemen out there. It seems to me that Toby has disappeared from the recording. Maybe he's dropping me in it. Somebody dropped me a line. Lucy, is it, can you hear me? Can anyone hear me? Is the whole system broken down? They have slipped under the table. Am I right that he's been drinking then? Is that what he's been talking about? There was some talk of an entire bottle of wine before going on air. Yeah, well, I mean, that's not wise, is it? 
I have not been drinking, my friends. No, I've not been drinking. I have a cup of tea right here. Um, I believe that we're meant to be talking about the joys of spring. Have, have we covered that material yet? Anybody want to tell me? Because I don't know what we were meant to say about it. Oh, Topster, where has he gone? Um, ladies and gentlemen, so um, I'm not quite sure what we're meant to be talking about. I'll go to the uh, cunningly pre-prepared WhatsApp message to see what we're meant to be talking about at this point. Oh, no, we've got a... Ooh. Oh, Ed, you're back. I've played the news so that... This episode of Teachers out. Talk Radio okay, has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development, every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. Stevewoods.co.uk for educational support in IT and computer science. Coming up, I'm delivering a number of courses. Learn to program in Python is a free one-hour course designed to start you on your way into Python coding. Everything works in a browser, so there's nothing to install beforehand. Join me remotely to learn the basics on Wednesday the 8th of June, 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Visit stevewoods.co.uk to start your journey. Are you a state school teacher in England? Why not be a hero this half-term and join me for two days and receive up to 1,360 pounds in bursary terms and conditions apply find out more at stevewoods.co.uk if you're listening to this then we know we share one thing in common a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves that's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care we need people like you to help us achieve even more with us you'll be given all the resources and support you need offered a clear path to career progression and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. According to a leaked document, senior officials at the Department of Education in England have warned that schools are in such a state of disrepair that they are a risk to life. Those officials who work for the Education Secretary, Nadim Sahawi, have warned that the current pace of 50 school rebuilding projects per year needs to be raised to more than 300. A spokesperson for the Department of Education told the Mail Online, the safety of pupils and staff is paramount. 
we have one of the largest and most comprehensive estate condition data collection in Europe. And this allows us to assess and manage risk in our buildings. We prioritise buildings where there is a risk to health and safety and have invested £11.3 billion since 2015 to improve the condition of school buildings over the next decade. In addition, our new school rebuilding programme will transform the learning environment at 500 schools over the next decade. Following a statement from the Vice-Chancellor of Cambridge University, which recently told private schools that they will need to accept that they will admit fewer students to Oxbridge in the future, Education Secretary Nadeem Sahawi has responded by saying that admissions should be based on merit and evidence. He said, I think it should be based on merit and evidence. The thing to do is deliver great outcomes for all children, wherever they live, and especially our most disadvantaged children. Which is why I am flexing the system towards those areas that have fewer great schools or good outstanding schools. You don't create a system that people feel is fair and equitable by in some way thinking that there is an easy fix. The best thing you can do is create schools in the state system that are as good as independent schools, which we are. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week we're going to talk about a couple of shortcuts and hacks that can make life a little easier. This may not be as innovative as some of my past life hacks for teachers, like drinking noodles, but here are a couple of things that may make a difference to your use of media in the classroom. First up, if you aren't already riding it, get on the Wakelet Wave. Wakelet is a free way to save, organise and share content create collections of web pages, videos, and basically anything with a web address under one topic. Once done, you have a shareable link to your collection. Use it to organize your lesson, flip a lesson, or create revision collections, just to throw a few ideas out there. This next hack is one of my favorites. I love using YouTube to support learning. Not only can it help keep pace in a lesson, but also it's a great reference afterwards for pupils to refer to. My biggest gripe with it though, is that pesky advert you can't skip that always decides to play when you're in full flow. Here's a secret that works nearly all of the time. When preparing your lesson, you will have watched the clip anyway to ensure it's appropriate. So just before you copy the link into your presentation or wakelet, type this on the end, and T equals one. That's the ampersand or the wiggly and lowercase t equals and the number one. Now copy the URL with and t equals one on the end and your clip will start one second in. Not missing any content but skipping the adverts at the start. No need to thank me. Show your gratitude with a follow on Twitter. Check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed, follow us and tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods and that was two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Edward? Yes, can you oh, hear yes. me? Yes, I can hear you. Where had you gone? We were worried. 
I floated off to Toby Land. I don't know. So, I said, "Oh, my signal is yeah. now excellent." It was poor when 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 that oh. incident occurred. But there we go. Well, I've that'll got... be it, my friend. You don't want a poor signal, but um, no. Uh, yeah. So uh, you drank a whole bottle of wine. Was it good wine? <laughs> I don't know. It was white wine, and uh, white was, wine was... is not good wine. I don't know if there's going to be arguments in the feed. I no, I, uh, white wine is is is. I like a, I do like a glass or two of white wine on a on a summery evening, a crisp mm. Sauvignon, or maybe okay. a little, a little, a little. Yeah. I, I quite like an oaky Californian Chardonnay, actually. Right. To be honest, if it's going to be vinillary, a bit you oaky. See, I like a glass, and it's going to be well chilled, probably. Yeah, cold it's going to be cold. It's going to be cold. Cold, maybe that kills the flavour a little bit. I don't know. I find it crispy and refreshing, and I like it. And then I have another glass because the bot, you know, the bottle's still there, so I'm going to have another glass. And it starts to clag up a little bit, I find. And then it's not as cold as it was. It's starting to get a bit warm. It's getting a tiny bit syrupy, really. But I'm, you know, the bottle's there looking. I mean, it's only it's half empty now, so it's going to get finished off, and I'm going to have a headache. You know, I'm, we don't get that with the red wines, do we? Red wines don't give us headaches; they give us life. But um, anyway, so you got. Pissed up on a white wine and then went on the radio. You're back. Have I? Yeah, no, I no signals now back to good, and you're back. I don't know, my signal's coming in and out. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's terrific. This is I, great radio. We're it's great radio. With no idea if anybody can hear any of it. I can hear you right now. I've got an excellent signal. It's weird. It's coming in and out. Anyway, but white wine is hard work. I like red wine better. Red wine you can drink until the early hours. White wine, once you've drunk about a bottle of it, you Lucy become a bit acidic. Gewürztraminer for the win. Gewürztraminer. Lucy. I guess it sounds like it might be a German wine there. Where'd she say that? I'm looking at the things. She said, Oh, I'll fight you over white wine. She oh, I'll fight you over white wine. She says that, yes. And Chamois says, A up. Hello, Chamois. Um, um, yeah. Ed, I've been yeah. talking non stop, so I want you to talk for a bit. So, um, on what I'm, topic? I haven't spoken about any primary related spring oh, no. life in school. And I know you are. You know, it's incredibly busy time in primary it's schools. Busy time, yeah, mostly because we're rehearsing for the summer production. That's talk me, talk me through your summer production, your spring and early summer. Yeah, your summer production, even not early wow. summer. I mean, It'll be so late July. What, it? It's a good story. This one, many years ago, before I went to Chatham Primary School, a couple of uh, of the parents there had this idea that there should be a whole school production of a Midsummer Night's Dream, and it should happen on Midsummer Night in our Amphitheatre, yes, because we at Chagford Primary School we have an amphitheatre. Is it made of stone? It's made out of grass mostly. I mean, okay, it's, it's got grass with like stony sort of I don't know what's the words little walls. But I mean, it's really it's it is beautiful. That it's sounds gorgeous. lovely. I think that's it's a bit of an every, odd thing every school should have an amphitheatre. Yeah, yeah. And we don't odd. know of any production that's ever happened there because like our understanding of the history of the place doesn't go back that far. There's nobody's been on there long enough to know that in the 1980s they used to do these great shows. You know, I'm sure they did. Probably a uh, Probably a photo album somewhere in the archive room, isn't there, with pictures of long gone pupils playing violin. Anyway, so we're doing a Midsummer Night's Dream. It's going to be gorgeous, and uh, we've, we've, you know, the community have all scrounged around and put some money in. We've so we've got an actual professional director. We've got a professional really? Director. People from the community are coming in to play music and to do puppetry workshops. Wow! It is taking over the school's life now. Of course. With Ofsted due any second now, they walk in and they find all of the children wandering around pretending to be fairies, 
It could be an issue. However, we don't, we're going to ignore that. We're going to carry on soldiering well, I, you know on what? with a Midsummer Night's Dream. You know what? Gonna... I'm not. I'm not really attuned to the work, the mindset of Ofsted. But no. I think if I were an Ofsted if inspector, you were and the I inspector, walked, if I was an Ofsted inspector and I walked into that, mm. I would just wet myself with joy. You would, you would, Toby. You wouldn't you? You, you know, you'd push the children aside and say, "Ill met by moonlight." Proud Titania, I know a bank where the wild time blows and all that business. I do the whole donkey if we thing. shadows have offended, I, think I, but this, and all is mended. That you have but slumbered yeah. here. What and you know all of that. I mean, I hope the inspectors take that point yeah. of view. Of course, what I really hope is they don't come until it's out of the I'd way. I'd be a brilliant but... bottom. I think I'd be the two truly brilliant bottom. I think I'd like to You'd say. I'd like to say that online. I played the part of bottom. I'd be a brilliant bottom. Many years ago, Did you? So I let the public see my bottom. <laughs> um, oh, those were the days. Those were the days, yes. Um, anyway, so that's a lot of that's going on with children singing. There was a lover and his lash with a hey-ho and a hey-nonny-no-ho-ho ho, every corner. Children hunkered in corners learning their lines. Now, it's, can uh, I just clarify? Can I can ask, would this be happening if you weren't head teacher? At Chagford Primary. Oh, I think it would. Yeah, no. It, the the it idea would. for the project, the, the the idea for this project is pre-pandemic, and it was passed okay. on to me from the previous head, who said, "Ed, there's this thing that they want to do. We think it's a good thing. You know, it's up to you. It's your school now, but it would be brilliant, wouldn't it?" And I was like, "Yes, of course it would. Every child, even the tiniest children from the foundation unit, are playing a little part in this play. Mostly oh. year sixes, but it's going to be it's going to be super gorgeous. We're playing it on Midsummer Night." And um, oh, which is that, it sounds funny. wonderful. So we've uh, done at, 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 at my posh prep independent school in Kent. Mm. We've we've done Midsummer's Night Dream. We did a Midsummer's Night Dream pastiche last year in a sort of sort yeah. of COVID semi post COVID you know compromised scenario. But um, yeah. pre COVID, there was a really good, really good Midsummer's Night Dream year year eight Leavers production. Fantastic! It's it's the best. It's the best school production to do i think and so i i in much better than a year six penned leavers assembly i think i think, so. I think go yeah. for it go big go One large of the go things about letting the year sixes write their own play is they're not as good as shakespeare no. Maybe they will be in the future maybe the future shakespeare is amongst us and maybe he's one of our pupils but so far he's rubbish <laughs> <laughs> rubbish and, and Shakespeare that you can say a lot about Shakespeare I know a lot of people have different opinions and I know that's fine we can all have opinions but he was quite good at writing <laughs> I would say he probably achieved greater depth um greater depth uh, I think greater depth I mean I have to say I, I don't know he was if like he's the up deepest, for moderation the they might be going where's the oil drill reveals? you yeah. never know um <laughs> Yeah, if Toby was an Ofsted inspector, it, it does says Mr. Newbold. It is a terrible thought. I don't know that. I don't know. Maybe if they, you did the training, Toby, it might be that they crush your soul and you'd. Uh, my, my, yeah, we've had my in, my, in my mat. We've had five Ofsteds in the last five weeks. So we God, I know. My soul is crushed enough by being a teacher, let alone being an Ofsted inspector. So oh, you know, you the, the think compliance. Being a teacher's soul crushing. Try being a head teacher. Oh, Anybody no. want to trump that? I'm looking at the comments. Anybody think their life is more crushed? I'm crushed. I'm, I'm not barely I'm, I'm, in the I'm, shadow I'm, of the man I was. I love the idea of being a teacher, but the reality is, you know, sitting it. Anyway, let's not go there. But it's it anyway. Charmoir says she's not called Charmoir; she's called Sharon or Shaz. 
So Sharon or Shaz, we apologise for referring to you as Sharmore, but it is what it says on the screen. We can't be blamed for that. No. MSD is actually a dark play. It no, is. It isn't. But you were arguing with yourself there, Shaz. MSD is anyway. actually a dark play. It's not as dark as Macbeth. Well, you know, I'd I'd be happy to have a pop at making an argument, um, but I would fail. It, Which is Shakespeare's Macbeth... darkest play, actually, whilst we're talking Shakespeare? What is his darkest play? The first half of A Winter's Tale. There you go. That's my smart-ass answer. Oh, that is. That's an English literature graduate's answer, isn't it? That's an English literature. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. No, it's meant to be. It's a play of two halves. Um, <laughs> darker than... Darker than... Macbeth is a mask. It's an entertainment. It's put on for um, King James, isn't it? He, yeah. We know he likes witches. We know he's excited by witchcraft. So we put on it. And it's quite exciting. And it's got... I love the witches in Macbeth. The witches in Macbeth. It's are... more uh, dark than it. You know, measure for measure. Hamlet's That's quite dark, isn't it? Hamlet's, play, is isn't Hamlet it? dark? Is Hamlet dark? Well, Hamlet is on a whole different level, isn't it? Hamlet is... Uh, um, I saw um, Dark, Kurt Vonnegut Dark, talking on Dark, this subject many years ago. Do you know Kurt Vonnegut? Stalkhouse Five is his his best known. You know him? I, oh, I do good. know him, I think, but you've gone anyway. robot. My signal's gone poor again. What is with Yeah, going well, on he was speaking wife, about, um, you know, you got dark plays and you got light plays and things. And they say, say Hamlet is this extraordinary thing which is sort of in between everything. Yeah. Um, and so that's its genius, isn't it? Whereas Measure for Measure is just like unmitigatedly nasty, isn't it? Um, I tell you what, what about Taming of the Shrew? That makes you feel worse about the human condition, I think. Taming of the or Shrew. A bad amateur production, okay. as you like it. That makes you want to take your own life. Um, honestly, <laughs> honestly, as you like it, done badly, honestly, you could chew your arms off just to get out of it. <laughs> I've seen some shockers. I, that's what comes of being uh, <laughs> living in Oxford, I think. If you see okay, I'm enjoying this. Right, let's steer it back away from Shakespeare and back. You actually you were queuing me up so, to talk so about you're, the you're sat excited. season, weren't you? That's what you were queuing me up for. Talking about the sat season, I want to hear about... Um, obviously, you are a primary head teacher, so you can't oh, yeah. really express your your true view on it, but you can express... Close to your true view on it. I want to know <laughs> about the build-up. I want to hear about the build-up to it, and I want to hear yeah. about your views on I mean, the post-sats decompression zone that occurs. Clearly, the whole thing is terrible nonsense. We can all agree that you don't have to. Uh, you know, I don't have to not think that. I think as a head teacher, the whole thing it is not a very valid way to sum up a whole key stage. <laughs> is it? You know, four mornings of of tests. In terms of the test we had, I think most of us were saying, and I think I'd say that they seemed reasonably fair, actually. There was nothing to particularly complain about. You know, I don't think it was the most exciting thing that the children had ever done. None of mine had their heads on the tables or were weeping or anything. So they sort of glumly no. did it as best they could. I thought that my kids, I thought, well done. You know, you've never done anything like this before because it's been so weird for the last two years. But they, uh, they really kept themselves together and did their best and did as much as they could. And you're like, well, I don't know if you passed or failed, but I could see you were really trying. Well done you. And on the Friday, they went all got in a bus and they went to the cinema and they had uh, popcorn and a nice drink and they thought that was pretty good. So nice. I mean, there was good. very little fuss about it, I felt, this year. It's just like, yeah, we got on with it and did it. The worst fuss was when I ran out of the green bags. Do you know about the bags? 
Oh, you ran at the green bags. Is that for sending them back to the, the you dark? special bags. And you have to put special some bags. scripts in these bags and some scripts in those bags. They all have the bags have to go in other bags and there have to be labels and stickers. And it's all very like complicated. Yeah, no, it's awful. I sent most of them to the wrong thing. But my feeling is they've probably got a fairly forgiving system at the other end because probably most people cock up, don't they? Do you think? You know, <laughs> I don't know. They must go, oh, look, we've got a bag of math papers, but it's all English papers. At that point, I think they go, go and put them on the other pile, Jeff. So I'm yeah. not worrying about that. It'll I remember right. I I was, I've been part of, you're talking about Ofsted, um, in my, before I did my PGCE, um, I was a, teaching assistant in a primary school for two terms mm. and we were offset inspected yes. during sats week um, yes that's grim because the kids it is grim. Are really focused myself yeah 2018 got, it was yeah you've, you've got to show that, that the kids are learning and doing stuff so these poor year six kids and it was a mixed year five six class at the school i was at um mm. it's small small school um and you know you've got you've got to you gotta go. I'm yeah. sorry, children. Say, but you've I know done that you two promised. papers this morning, yeah. but this afternoon you were going to be having a water Playing fight in the them. garden. Yeah. Um, but you're Instead, actually doing a maths lesson. To, you know, yeah, no. <laughs> really, that, really, that's unfair. quite hard and really I just unfair. Don't see why? If you're Mister Ofsted, why do that? Are there other schools to inspect? Yes, there are. I you suppose know, there are other years. And school, the honest thing fine. to do. Go to a secondary school. Fine. I don't care. Why do that? Yeah. You know, but, but you those, could, yeah, you could say we're not going to inspect year six. So, so we know it's that week for year six. We're not going to in, we're not going to yeah, watch any lessons. Everybody's involved. You know, the head teachers in. I'm in a side room with a kid who needs a bit of extra attention and won't cope in the room. Every yeah. spare yeah. member of staff you've got is programmed to be invigilating or supporting or whatever. It's yeah. the worst. If you're in a really small school, you know, you've got. You know, everybody who's any good working on SATs and you've got your weakest TA looking after the rest of the school in the hall. You know, yeah. it's true. You know, and so, so you know, off they come in, they go, it's just a little test. It shouldn't make any difference. Don't do anything different just for us. And you're like, what? we're not available to talk to you. We're busy. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Is this sort of parallel I perceive from it's the outside? stupid for the sake of it. And on yeah. my PGCE, my, my placement school, which I happen to be teaching year six, and bad times placement, seven to fourteen PGCE, not not you know should have been in the autumn term in 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 the primary PGCE if you have a year mm. six placement. But I was I was there from March through to June, so I was there. Mm. And 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 I think I don't think it was in Sats week, but it was it was like the week before Sats or something like that. Mm. And you know again, it's it's but but I suppose in I suppose on paper. In principle, what Ofsted says is sort of true, and what primary schools, in principle, sort of say is true. This is just a week of assessment of oh, of shit. everything you've oh, done, it but it becomes this ridiculously big thing, and well, it, it becomes all consuming, it, doesn't it? Yeah. When they first brought in SATs, it was genuinely was that it's just a little assessment. It's more useful for judging the cohort. It's a light touch thing. Until you go, okay, and now we're going to publish these results and use them to rank the schools. At that yeah. point, it gets a little bit scary for us. Yeah, and yeah. At that point, you know, and then it goes on the IDSR, and the IDSR is one of the main things that, you know, people like Ofsted are going to look at before they come to my school. So that's one of the ways they're going to form their opinions. Yeah. So I have to take it seriously. But if you've got a little cohort, you know, you got I've got 15 in that class. If two of them are on the special needs register and then, you know, they're not, honestly, they're not going to get the thing. They've made great progress from their starting points and we're proud of them. 
but they're not going to land us a, a hundred scaled score. No. At that point, you know, that uh, percentages start to look a bit difficult, don't they? Well, I have you know? my friend, I have a friend who, who I met because Tuesday is my non-work day. So I met a friend who's in the Metropolitan Police. He came mm. down to Tunbridge Wells. We had a pizza for lunch yesterday nice. in Tunbridge Wells. A nice day. And his daughter, his eldest daughter, is in year six. I think yeah. Burlington Primary School in New Malden, southwest London, or northeast <laughs> Surrey, depending on your perspective. And, um, you know, she did her sats last week, as did everyone else in year six. And, and then on Saturday... She went to, I think she's going to a, I think, Holy Cross school in Kingston or New Malden. It's a Catholic school. Um, uh, Rockin' Ross's wife is Polish, so Catholic. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then she went and did her cats. You know, so she did her sats for she did school. Sats in a week and a cats sats, And then she did her cats for, for sats. sats and cats. Sats and cats, boots and cats and sats and cats and boots and cats and sats and cats. That's and she did her cats the, like the day after her. And, and of course, you know, that exposes the, the farce of it is that the secondary schools are using the cat tests to set them in English and maths. They're not using the SATs. And, and yet, so you kind of like, well, what's going on here? What is going on here? And of course, I'm in a school because we're independent. We don't have to do SATs. So we don't do SATs because why would you if you had the choice? And um, and so, you know, it's, it's just, but, but of course, then in Kent, um, I know when I was in my primary school, my, my PGC year, 2013, 2014, you know, the primary school, it's a very leafy primary school yeah. um, in the village of Goudhurst, actually, which is the village I have just had an offer accepted on my house. Oh, Goudhurst in Kent. Lovely, lovely. Are we lovely. all invited, by the way? Was there gonna be yeah, I'm going to have I'm going to be having every Friday or Saturday through mm. late summer, autumn 2022 probably all through the winter possibly mm. all through next summer as well anyone's welcome and um, you know by the time we get a sort of three months into that party zone you know it might be you know might people might have to bring their own booze you know i might exhaust yeah. my majestic budget after a while but um anyway um yeah definitely you're you're, you're invited ed definitely and 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 so's richard um, online and so's Lucy even though I've never met you but I'm pretty assured that Lucy's a wonderful human being who's worthy of any party invitation sorry to those of the rest of you who are listening I don't know who you are they're you might be lovely nice enough in their own way though they're probably nice with... enough although you know I've had Shaz a few... has shown herself to be lovely isn't she um yes oh, by although... the way we have to go back up because uh, you were saying which uh, which Shakespeare play is darker I was arguing for measure for measure um Richard is suggesting Titus Andronicus which Oh, that's learned for a chemistry teacher, isn't it? That's yeah. very learned. Do you know what? A little bit polymathic there, Richard Newbold. Yeah, but it is. It is a, do, you, do you know it? Have you read it? Have you watched no, it? No, I haven't. But Richard oh, has. Just horrible. It's one, and I'll tell you what, I saw an amateur production of that in uh, the funny little theatre just around the corner from Shakespeare's Globe before they built Shakespeare's Globe. It was genuinely, this is no word of a lie, it's a performance of Titus Andronicus performed by an English summer school so it was all um, English as a foreign language speakers apart from their teacher who gave himself the role of Titus Andronicus <laughs> it was exceptional. oh is that bad. like um, what's it called Gordon Shakespeare in the in the mm. um, uh, nativity plays uh, rather yeah. up himself yeah yeah oh no so he the guy yeah the teacher clearly thought he was marvellous and then he cast these like that was a, you know 
teenagers from all over the world trying who couldn't speak English yet because they'd come for this English summer school. I presumably it must have been marketed to them that you're going to come and you're going to perform on the London stage. Oh, it was the worst thing that has ever happened in my theatre-going life. And I've sat through some... It's, no, there was a show at the Edinburgh Festival in 20, uh, 2002 that was worse by a whisker. But other than that, my word. Well, what were we doing? We were talking about something else. Your new house? That was exciting. Oh, we are talking about Goudhurst um, Primary. What was I talking about yes. Goudhurst Primary? Um, I think I've lost my train of thought now. Yeah, talking about my new house. Me. Um, oh, Lordy, what was happening in Goudhurst Primary? Sats related, post Sats. I've lost it, Ed. I've, I've, mm. I've gone. I drifted off. Um, you were telling me about that school and uh, something about it, weren't you? You were at, you were at that school, which happened. Oh no, Gat was there. Be. That's right. No, in yeah. Kent, because in Kent is universally grammar. Um, so, mm. so you know the top. 25% of, of kids, roughly, in, in Kent, um, you know, based on a day, age 10 and a half or 11, mm. just 11, more likely 10 and a half, and they do a grammar, 11 plus, you know, yeah. some people call it the Kent test, which I really annoy me because there are mm. other grammar schools in. And, um, you know, they do this grammar, and of course the leafy, you know, affluenty, middle-classy kids that get tutored and, and pass their 11+. plus. They pass their 11+, plus. Mm -hmm. they find out they've passed it in October. They find out on March the 1st or whatever it is that they've got their place in their chosen grammar school. Um, yep. You know, it might be their first choice or their second choice grammar school, it depends. Um, and then they, you know, they, the parents and the children, you know, who are, from the primary school's perspective, the what the old level five, level six bankers, whatever the greater depth mm. cubed kind of people, they don't give a flying rabbit's ass about SATs no, because they they've got their place in their grammar they've school. They've done what they need. Yeah. They've done what they need and they know these things count or mean nothing. And so, you know, and then there's this whole sort of standoff between the teachers in the school who are pretending that these things aren't that important, but yet they are important. <laughs> yeah. And, and the head teacher and the parents and the children and everyone sort of knows. And, and it's, 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 there you go. So, but, but sats in spring, let's talk about post sats. Let's talk about post sats. Well. So post sats. So you're obviously doing a production. Um, yeah, yeah. A lot of schools do that, don't they? A lot of schools do an immersive, an, well, an immersive particularly year, for your six year production. Six That's the thing. They go, you've been working on it for all year. It's the most important thing you'll ever do in your life, children. If you mess this up, you've thrown your life away. Come in on Saturday for extra lessons, all that. Not so much of that at my gaff, but it does <laughs> happen, you know. And then you get to it and you could just have the children go off a cliff. So, yeah. Oh, now this is where we start writing the film that we're going to put on. We're going to have a film festival on the last day. We're going to invite the rest of the school and we're going to spend the next week. My, my nieces, who are adults now, but my nieces claim they did not have another maths lesson after SATs. That was it. <laughs> no more maths. <laughs> like, well, no, that's, in a well-run school such as Chagford Primary, we, you know, we, we carry on with the daily maths lesson. We say, you might have taken like. SAT, still learning to be done, children. But it doesn't surprise me. I bet there's schools where it does. 
you know, sack it off. Yeah, I think that's 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 sad, isn't it? I think let's let's just keep going on that for a little moment. I can quite imagine I'm, going. I'm now we go for the awe and wonder of maths. Now your sats are out of the way. You've done the calculation paper. Let's do Pascal's triangle. Do a week of fractals. We're going to do Pascal's triangle. We're going to we're going to create the biggest Pinsky's triangle. We're going to do the Bermuda <laughs> triangle. We're going to do all the triangles. We're going to solve Fermat's last theorem. We will. Um, yeah, we That's will. That's what I'd and be we... doing. I'd be doing, guys. You, you know, now we've done this. Gonna, let's, let's get into something exciting. Let's and do trigonometry. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. No. I think there's an element of that. I what I enjoyed in my weirdly timed placement at Goudhurst Primary, I mm. enjoyed very much that we did, and 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 it was really lovely teaching actually because I had this really bright class, and they'd done their sats, but we did a a topic was Africa and um and so we went you know did a lot of geography I did a lot of geography yeah. and sort of statistics on the different countries and you looked at the Ooh. GDP was that a and cross-curricular we... project yes a cross-curricular project a cross-curricular project you yeah. don't say that anymore Toby no say cross-curricular we don't no, do that I know. anymore but but, but no, it's you domain know... specific skills no there's but there's no I'm... such thing as a skill outside of domain no, Honestly, but I thought we... you'd have read that. Bit. <laughs> I have Keep with the program. I'm vaguely aware of it on Twitter. I have noticed. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed this on Twitter, but I mostly oh. ignore it because it's all rubbish. It's rabbit's no, ass again. No room. It's well, well no, I, it's not. Pop at me. Let's have a look at the comments and see if anybody disagrees. <laughs> no, I, I think... cross curricular project, and it guts me that they're so out of fashion that you'd be cutting your throat if you were caught. Wash anything. your mouth out, Toby. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly did swear. I nearly did swear. I only said ass. Um, um... Oh, flying, a flying rabbit's ass. I mean, I, I like that turn of phrase. I rather enjoyed it. I don't know. It wasn't one. It wasn't one I'd heard before. It was new to me, but I, I think I knew what you meant. Skydiving ferrets. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> I think um, <laughs> paragliding yeah. hamsters. Okay, um, this is all gone very Alan Partridge, hasn't it? Um, I quite like to be Alan Partridge. Anyway, no, seriously, Africa topic cross curricular. Yeah. We did a lot of statistics and a lot of yeah. bar charts comparing the countries. Oh, GDP yeah. per capita. Absolutely. Thinking about that, we did some African art. We did a lot of. Um, Oh, what was it called? The 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 um, oh, with oil pastels, um, <laughs> something art. Um, I wasn't expecting oil pastels. I was like braced for you no, to say, "Oh, we what? used." You know the 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 the, 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 the the animals, the all those funny animals. There's a certain type the of tinga art. Tinga tinga style. Tinga tinga stuff. Tinga tinga there stuff. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that. Tinga tinga and all passes. We did. Uh, we did some chanting. Some some some. You know, res- call and response kind of yeah, African rhythms nice. in music. Shay Kule is the standby on that one. I don't know. If and everyone that had a country. They 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 became an expert on a, on a different country in Africa. Um, so a little mini project and poster. And and in English we read. Which um, my school do in year five. Um, we in English we read um, the 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 Journey to Joburg and and, and yeah. did the whole apartheid stuff. It was really really good, I think. But there was the maths wasn't wasn't sort of sats maths. It was it was yeah. it was graphs and charts and data and and stats, stats, which I, mean, I can get away with. Go back and do it again. But when you're doing that one, make a top trump game. Get the children to invest. Top in trumps, yes. Oh, but I've, I've had classes making top trump sets and then playing top trumps with a you know, literacy rate. You can make that last for weeks. I mean, you, oh, can, you can. I reckon you could track you can it out. Have all a great year. time there, but uh, but it's sadly out of fashion. <laughs> if you do that um, after the Ofsted visit. Yeah, 
It, it, yeah, let's not talk about that anymore because it is out of fashion. Anyway. Um, um, Ed. Did you want to talk about spring? I mean, had you done a, like, daffodils yeah. and <laughs> We haven't done, we haven't spoken about, we've spoken about, I spoke about sort of GCSEs, exam season, whether it's the right time oh, dear, to man. do exams. We've spoken about SATs. Let's just talk about what we love about spring. I've talked about a little bit about loving spring. Have mm-hmm. you got any spring walks that you want to recommend? Let's, so people, it's beautiful outside. The days are long. The evenings are long. You've got time for a two-hour walk after work at the moment. You can get home from work and go for a lovely walk. Can you? Yeah. I'll tell you what I was meant to be doing today. I'd be, uh, because it's spring and the evenings are longer, I'm trying to set up Crediton's first, possibly only, uh, weekly mulky uh, get-together. That's Multi- good. I've seen that on Twitter. Very good, Ed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one lady turned up last week, so we played a couple of rather studious games. And then tonight it's been raining quite heavily, so it couldn't have happened anyway. But, uh, you know, that's a spring thing. What my life, I tell you what I'm loving is there's a, there's a bluebell wood I drive past on my way to work. If oh. people know the area, just near um, to Castle Drogo. Lovely. On the corner by Castle Drogo, I go along and there's this valley down one side with the castle on the other. And it does look like a castle, Castle Drogo, even if it is, frankly, a minor stately home built in the early 20th century. But, you know, don't worry about it. It looks like a castle. It's got a flagpole and everything. Beautiful setting, isn't it? Right perched up on top of the River Teen Valley. Carpeted. Yeah. I know, bluebells, I've been just making sure I notice those because they don't last forever. They, I and think... actually, when, you know, when I come down from Chagford, down the main road, I say main road, it's still single track out of the, out of the town slash village. You look straight yeah. ahead, don't because you crash, but if you did, there's an amazing, like, there's a hill straight ahead of you, it's quite tall, and it's all wooded, it's all like covered in deciduous trees, but near the top there's like this bald patch, which normally, I don't, I don't know, I reckon my po- ponies maybe graze there or something, normally green but the last few days it's been this like the steely blue and i'm guessing there must be a carpet of bluebells up there i'd love to trek up there frankly i drive in at 6 30 in the morning i drive out about seven o'clock at night Blimey, I stop and go for the walk so big big right. shout out to you my friend i think bluebells are one of the best things They're about one of the best things. britain Cow and, and probably bluebells. northern europe in general yeah. um bluebells are, are great Cowslips as well. Cowslips are good too. I call it cow parsley. Are they the same thing? That's different. What's different? Cowslip is a little yellow thing. You might, if oh, you're looking carefully, yeah, mistake it for a, yes. for a primrose, perhaps. But yes, it's not yes. a cowslip, but it's great. They're great, but cow parsley's good too. In the, in, in, cow parsley's cow... great. Problem with cow parsley is you might get confused between hogweed and cow parsley. You okay. might give yourself nasty burns. Okay. Okay. Be careful. But... Make sure you know what you're looking at. Before, but the, yeah, the linings of the lanes at this time of year with all the cow parsley that's good. The bluebells, I, I've sent some pictures of bluebells from Sissinghurst, National Trust, mm-hmm. Sissinghurst, the woods there, um, particularly the woods between Sissinghurst Castle Garden and Sissinghurst Village. Um, they can't kind of pass their best now. It was about two weeks ago. They were well, peak, they're just a peak bluebell. Over, they? But they're still gorgeous. I'll tell you what I've noticed this year. I don't know if you have. I've noticed there's just thousands of birds most so many more than last year it's just like I do you, do you count birds it's amazing i always do you do you find i i mean i'm i've been sort of a little nomadic in my accommodation the last two years because i've sort of lived here yeah. and lived there and and i'm looking forward to having a little bit more constancy in my life soon mm. but i think um 
I always think I find myself thinking. I didn't think about this when I was a child, obviously, but as uh, you know, as an adult of established years, probably for the about last ten years or so, when spring first sort of unveils itself, I always find myself thinking that sky and the contrast with those mm. young oak leaves is mm. just beautiful. And I always find myself thinking, are the oak leaves unveiling themselves? exactly the same time as they did last year was it a week earlier or a week later and and i always think i must track this stuff i must you do must. a longitudinal study and pick it, an oak tree long left, you know no exactly oh, there's probably got about 20 data points left 20 or 30 i like to think i've got 30 you're pushing I'll, 30 oh i don't know i'm gonna take 30 i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna go to switzerland aged 80 and say i've had enough now thank you very much i've done well yeah, I don't know. I'm like thinking if I make it a 70, I'll be a surprise. Really oh, come on, Ed. Only 20 years. Falling to pieces. Oh. Well, you, but you're not, pieces. you know, you won't be a primary head for 20 years because that would no, be dark. I mean, some <laughs> people are, but, you know, don't do that. Um, no, anyway, anyway, I think we should have some yeah, music, Yeah, no, I need Ed. to find a least like This could be, you know, maybe we could change the focus of the programme and it could be find Ed a new lease of life. Now, um, people could phone in with their suggestions of activities I could try or foodstuffs I could eat, which would give me my, my mojo back. I need vim. I need vigor. I need moxie. That's what I need. <laughs> moxie. Isn't that the sort of way that you get oxygen if you, we have a human settlement on Mars, that you kind of extract carbon dioxide from the atmosphere or something and you, you crack it? And I don't know. I'm speaking rubbish now, Richard Newbold. I'm sorry. I'm getting my chemistry confused. And you kind of somehow extract your that. oxygen from from yeah. from from carbon dioxide somehow. Our moxie, M O X I E. It's the sort of thing oh, that right. if we do build a settlement on Mars, there's a moxie, which is an oxygen generator from yeah. from I don't know. Anyway, did um, you see that Life on Mars exhibition at the Design Museum a couple no, of years ago? I didn't. Oh, it was really good. It was really good, yeah. No, it was all about the technologies we need to develop to be able to live on Mars, and it was yeah. a fantastic exhibition. I have to say... No, listen, moxie, informal, North American, force of character, determination, or nerve. Open inverted commas. When you've got the moxie, you need the clothes to match. Well, I what? need the clothes as well. I, didn't, I just thought I needed the moxie. Richard Excuse sent me. a YouTube link into the chat... What really? what is the YouTube link? I'm not going to click on it because I don't think it'll work. That could be very very poor move. Yeah. What is a YouTube? What is the YouTube link of of Richard? Just a few words. What is it? What what's the YouTube link? Is it, is it something to do with a moxie? Um, it is. He sent a message. It's about giant He's... hogweed. <laughs> it's about oh. giant hogweed and how to tell the difference between giant hogweed and, <laughs> and cow parsley and how okay. important that is. Yeah. Right, that's good. Okay, so we've only got on this extended one and a half hour show, um, mm-hmm. uh, as it's our only one and a half hour show, and we've only got thirteen minutes left, and we notoriously overrun. I'm going to be rebellious. I think if in an hour and a half show we're supposed to play the news twice, but I'm not going to Ed because uh, otherwise, you know, it's, it's a one off. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, not I mean, news. Why don't you just quickly I think it's the advert. The news. No, the news was was the news was it was mainly about Scotland, um, and it was it was news, 
And in fact, it was mm. mentioned about the whole private school thing and Oxford, Oxbridge places. But we're yeah. not going political today. Let's leave that alone. OK, let's pause that. As we'll a talk state about... school Oxford boy, however. Yes, you will like skin me. in that conversation. And yeah. uh, as, as a non, as a private school, non-Oxford boy and non-Cambridge yeah, boy. Yeah, you must be terrible. If you no. went to private school and you didn't go to Oxford. No, mate. but my niece, I have a niece who yeah. is... Uh, she was head girl at Stowe last year, and oh, she applied Lord. to Cambridge, which is yeah. widely and regarded said, to be. You can't come. We're going to bring in working class people. That's right. She she applied they to did. Do the, she applied to do theology at Cambridge last year, yeah. and at her college, I think she was twelve private school applicants to her college to do theology, and they only accepted one from private mm-hmm. school. And then she applied again this year. And she got, you know, it was last year was a was a non actual results year, but she was A starred yeah. to the Hilton, EPQ'd to the Hilton, head girl to the Hilton, a wonderful prospect um, for the future of humanity. Um, but she was turned down this year for history and politics as well. So I think she's going to be going to Kings in London. There we go to do history um, or politics or one of those two. I can't remember which. But anyway, um, so that's that. Uh, we are getting close to spring. I think we have got time. We're going to do a bit of music in a moment to yep. close the show. But before we do the music, let's do very quickly, Ed. Have you got any spring walks to recommend to our massively well, dedicated I mean, I did a walk listeners? On, I shared a walk on Twitter, not last weekend, the weekend before, but it's a stunner. You Park did. Bellstone. I don't know if people know Bellstone. But Bellstone Pub, wonderful village. setting. Tor Valley. Yeah, lovely pub beautiful, there, the Tours. Beautiful. Beautiful setting, so have a pint maybe or a big pint of water to set you up and then walk down, straight down from the pub, straight down into the valley and you're going to find the Tor, the River Tor at the bottom. Yeah. It's still a young river, it's burbling away but it's Tor. Straight up the other side, boom, you've gone down the V-shaped valley, up the V-shaped valley, boom, and you come out onto the top, you walk along there and you're right on the tops and it's absolutely stuffed with these skylarks and if you stop and listen, can you hear it? Yeah, just the other side of the valley you can hear the cuckoo gorgeous and you walk along you basically follow that up and follow that up right to the to the to the head of the tour in fact to a place called tour head and up there if you search around if you know where to look i know where to look but if you, you have to search around you, you found it didn't you ted hughes's with um, ted hughes's name carved into it in fact it says ted hughes om which i first met it i thought i don't think he was like you know one of the oming crowd but i think it's the order of merit um, okay so ted hughes om i would have left the om off myself it's an interesting thing. They they sort of airlifted it on. There's a big controversy. Should we? We don't put uh, you know we don't put names benches or stones or memorials up on Dartmoor because it would very soon become a bit packed with them, wouldn't it? With people wanting to be remembered. Well, there's a lot of space though. There's a lot of space. Anyway, the Ted Hughes one. That you know, Ted Hughes people won, and they got the army to airlift it. But they lifted airlifted it to this secret location because they thought if everybody knew where it was, one there might be pilgrimages up there, and it would all get a bit, you know, they get busy. And the yeah. other thing was they thought that people who were well into his wife and thought that he'd effectively done away with her might go up and desecrate it. Oh. So, uh, yeah, so it's a secret. Like, it's not marked on any maps unless you know where it is. Um, and you go up there, so that's quite exciting. And then you can follow the tour back down, you see. And you can that's brilliant. That oh, that's good. And, of course, once you get up to Tor Head, you, as you mm. said in your tweet, you're, you are standing. So the River Tor flows north and joins the... Um, uh, the Atlantic the Ocean, the Bristol Channel, it joins the Torridge and the Torridge Estuary and the Tor and Torridge Estuary 
between Biddeford and yeah. Barnstable. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. And the and other way, you've got the Dart running you've got south the dart all the way down to Dart Mount. Yes, um, south east, and you've got the Teen. And you can see the Teen, yeah. The east teen's going and, the other way. And then going, the Oakland, which then joins the up with the Torridge, which joins up with the Tor later on. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. No, it's, a, it's a great spot up there, and the stone is just, you know, it's good to have something to arrive at. Um, Ted Hughes, but just whilst you're mentioning Ted Hughes, yeah. I've got a book of his poems called Birthday Letters. Yeah. Um, you're, you're a learned student of English literature. If mm-hmm. I had to read one Ted Hughes poem, which should I read? Um, I wouldn't read... Well, if I was going to read one Ted Hughes poem, I'd say by a very, very, very slim volume, by a very, very, very young Ted Hughes, which is called Crow, and it's a series of poems in the voice of the crow, um, rejoicing in life and rejoicing in death and the juiciness of both. Um, and I came across <laughs> it, really, because the uh, poet Ian Macmillan recommended it. He said when he was a young lad, he wasn't into poetry or language or something. He didn't think he was into it, but one of his teachers spotted him. You know, so this lad has something different about him. Gave him this book to read. And he took it home and he said he thought he'd give him a joke book. So he's reading <laughs> it, these, these poems, laughing his head off. Uh, you know, at this dreadful crow character who's sort of like <laughs> very carnal, and um, well, that piqued my interest. When I heard okay, Ian, crow yeah. rejoicing life. Yeah. Ian McMillan, how do you spell Ian McMillan? Ian McMillan, um, how do you spell Ian McMillan? Ian, like Ian, yeah, and then McMillan, M C M I, very, very active on the Twitters. I'm surprised he's the chap who does early stroll, but. I saw him on the telly when I was. A M- so it's M C, not M A C. M C M I double L A N. McMahon. He is a national treasure. He presents. What is he treasure? The Verb on um, BBC Radio Four Three, and uh, is great. I think he's a genuinely great poet as well, actually, and a great ambassador for the world of poetry. So right. He's a top chap. Anyway, yeah, so he was introduced to the world of poetry. Um, yeah, Ian, I-A-N, Macmillan, M-C-M-I-L-L-A-N, on Twitter as I Macmillan. He, there he is. I found him. him. Radio presenter, writer, man about town, the beat generation, Les Dawson, check out the verb, follow. If you Done. don't follow him. I do follow him a, now. disappointed and B, do now. He's well, a, you're, yeah, you've got lots to be disappointed in me about Ed anyway. He's one of the, he's, he's, well, I like, I like him a lot. He replies to tweets as well. And I always think that's really sweet because he's got how many followers? He's got um, 61,000 followers. And yet if you say, oh, what's You've got 30 name? something. I haven't. I've got 22. Have you? I think. Okay. You know. Oh, gosh. Well, I did these surveys. We've got five minutes. These surveys yeah. weren't very exciting. Um, and Lucy, <laughs> you're still listening, and we haven't spoken about hay fever. So good things about oh. spring. Um, uh, so hay fever's grim. I don't really suffer from it, but it's tree no. pollen, isn't it, at this time of year? And then grass pollen starts to kick in later in May, beginning of June. But tree, I, I, a lot of people don't understand this. A lot of children don't understand this. That pollen is not the devil. It's wind pollinated pollen. So, so you know, people think, oh, those that, that pollen that sticks to bees' 
undersides on other That's insects. Sort of that, would drop, That's, it? that is pollen, but it's sticky and it's much larger and it's not as aerodynamic. It's yeah. it's it's wind pollinated plants, which in the, in oak trees, column. birch trees, sycamore yes. trees, grasses, things Damn. that don't have pretty colourful flowers. Come and kiss me, insects. Come and kiss me, insect. It's not those. It's <laughs> no. it's. It's it's it's, it's ugly, bum. dull, tiny little flowers that produce this bloody aerodynamic stuff that flies around and causes menace to great many people. So well said, Lucy. We're back to hay fever. That's a grim thing about um, my brother yeah, couldn't see the paper he wrote on in exams. There's Lucy. so much that's wrong with my life. You know, my life, honestly... What, you've oh, never suffered know, from hay fever? But I you've... don't suffer from hay fever, and that is something to rejoice in. So <laughs> yeah, it is something to rejoice. For reminding I... me of my blessings. Yeah, exactly. Hay fever is quite hard. I think that's the worst thing about spring for, what, I don't know, 10, 20% of people, probably. A lot, um, of, a lot of people, yeah. Pretty grim, pretty grim. Um, other things about spring. Walks. Any other walks, quickly, Ed? Oh, a spring walk... Uh, I tell you what, I wish I was back in Oxford because somebody sent me, well, the lady who lives in it now sent me um, uh, a short video of my garden from my old house. You know, I left my old house about 18 months ago now and uh, she sent me a quick video to show me that the fish in the pond are still having a very happy time. That reminded me of walking down the Thames, down the Thames path and that is gorgeous this time yeah, of year. The yeah. baby ducklings on the water and stuff. I miss it a little bit. That's okay, isn't it? To say you miss a place. You miss it. Yeah, it's okay to say you miss it. And it's a special place as well. I so, miss it. And it I, is a gorgeous place. So can yeah, I, mention... I wish I could take that walk down past, you know, down to Sanford. Yeah. If I went down to, uh, to uh, you know, down to the Mathematician's Bridge, you know what I'm talking about? By I don't. Lock, I should know, but I don't. walk down the river to Sanford, get a nice glass of lemonade or something at Sanford and watch the duckies. Oh, Maybe I want to talk about on the way. That'd be nice. Three quick walks then from me. We we are going to get, astonishingly we're going to overrun we're going on to our overrun one and a half, hour and a half on our show. Um, so three quick walks from me, and um, I'm going to do one in Devon, one in London, and one in Kent. Okay, go. so Devon, uh, I think. I think it is time to go to Heartland at this time of year. If you're down in Devon, I'll be there in, in, in just over a week or so, week and a half. Um, mm-hmm. I will contact you and we'll go. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's Heartland Coast. So you, so you park probably inland, um, Speaks Mill Valley, at Limebridge Cottages. You walk um, along the valley, along this little trickling stream. A few bluebells, not many. And then you come out and it opens up. It looks a bit like Exmoor. You've got this kind of like this kind of valley. And then and then you come onto the coast, Speaksmill Valley, the largest waterfall on that stretch of coast, about half a mile, mile south of Heartland Quay. Then you walk up to Heartland Quay, you get up onto the top. Then you walk past Heartland Quay along the top. Um, and you're facing west here if, if you're looking out to the sea. And then you dip, dip down to the valley. And then you walk up the valley to Heartland Abbey, um, which is where they filmed some recent Mallory Towers stuff for BBC BBs. Um, and Heartland Abbey is the seat of the Stukeley family. It's where I believe Prince William and Kate, uh, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, Duke of Cambridge had his stag weekend. Um, and there's a lovely wooded valley along the Abbey River. It's just beautiful. And so you've got sort of valley, stream, woods, wild west-facing coast, Oh, it's just bliss. And then you walk back and then you, you retrace your steps. That's Devon. Um, it's about a three, four mile circuit. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Um, London, I discovered a walk uh, at Easter weekend. I was staying with my half brother in wherever it is. 
um, in uh, Stamford Hill, North London, North Hackney, and um, I walked from his house to Finsbury Park, and I stumbled across for the first time in my life, because I don't really know North London at all, and I stumbled across the Parkland Walk, which is a dismantled railway. If you walk from Finsbury Park up to Highgate, to Highgate Hill and then on to Hampstead Heath and that I think I mentioned it in three weeks ago actually it was absolutely beautiful but the Parkland Walk is this sort of it's almost like a country walk through this northern not particularly beautiful part of north london i mean you know, it passes through crouch end and stuff but it's got this lovely dismantled railway line with little you know nice kind of um orchids and stuff growing in the valleys and in, in the trees in the, in the fields surrounding that so that's a, that's a london walk if you don't know it london walk up to finchwood park parkland walk dismantle railway up to highgate recommend that and then in kent uh, for Richard Newbold and I, it's got to be either Sissinghurst, National Trust Sissinghurst, just the full estate loop through the Bluebell Woods, past the lakes at the bottom, and then back and then into the garden. But perhaps even better is the Scotney Castle, National Trust Scotney Castle. I've been there twice. I went there on Tuesday, yesterday, and I went there on Saturday. The azaleas and the rhododendrons are wonderful. It's very busy at Scotney Castle, so you want to go there early morning or late evening. Scotney Castle and azaleas, rhododendrons in the main castle garden. You've got this ruined castle and the moat down at the bottom, and then there's a new house that was built about 150 years ago at the top um, but you've also got lovely woodland and um, parkland walks there so those are three walks scotney castle or sissinghurst in national trust in kent parkland walk from Finsbury park to highgate in london or heartland quay inland up to heartland abbey in devon right ed that's yeah. spring music spring is sprung spring is sprung thanks for listening everybody raised. um I, uh, yeah. I, I haven't played this for a while my batteries might be flat but let's just let's give you a bit of Little little dose. I don't know what's doing, and then oh, what's going on here? So, have you got some proper music for us, Ed? No, oh, no, you just keep that going. That'd be great. We've got to... um, keep it going. I, I'm, I'm loving that. Slower or faster tempo? No, no, no. That, I, I think that's just right. I'm just, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, I think it's pretty good. Friday night, I'm going nowhere. All the lights are changing, green to red. Turning on the TV station, situations running through my head. Looking back in time, you know it's clear that I've been blind, I've been a fool. You open up my heart to all that jealousy, that bitterness, that ridicule. Is this really convincing? <laughs> Right. And if you want it, come and get it. For crying out loud. The love that I was giving you was never in doubt. Let go of your heart, let go of your head and feel it now. Let go of your heart, let go of your head, and feel it now, Babylon, Babylon, oh Babylon. So you, 
really professional, wasn't it? Um, People were super convinced that we. I cracked. think Terry Wogan, eat your heart <laughs> out. Um, okay, um, right. I've turned it off now. Yeah, okay. I think I think Ed, it's been lovely. To, I think we, I don't know officially, but I think mm. we are a nine till ten slot. And I'm Add really happy with week. that. I think eight felt a bit early for me. You weren't yeah. ready. Ten yeah. was definitely too late. I think from next week, I don't know. I think it's still a Wednesday. I haven't had it confirmed, but I'm hoping that we're doing a nine till ten slot. And I think, I think we can do something with that. I think that we're going to hit good. our sweet spot there. I think you know, we'll, we'll get four or five listeners at that point. I reckon. Yeah, I think we'll. I think we can grow something wonderful and maybe get eleven listeners on some occasions. <laughs> Um, get into double Lucy figures. Lucy says that was a lovely show. Thank you, lovely Lucy. And oh. uh, Richard Newbold says epic finish. Do's points. <laughs> oh, do's points. Yes, yeah. That was so surreal. The French and the Germans. We should have talked about points. that, shouldn't we? We did talk about that. Um, are you going to play us something out? One more thing. You mentioned you oh, were going to do it. See. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, well, let me have a little try, and then we'll pack it. There's nobody on after us that we're crashing, is there? No, no, we're, we're crashing ourselves in our last time's Here old time slot. Here comes the sun, and I say, it's all right. Little darling, it's been a long, cold, lonely winter. Little darling... It feels like years since it's been here. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. And I say, it's all right. I can do this bit. Were you impressed by that bit? I was. That's really good. <laughs> Little darling, the smiles returning to their faces. Little darling, it seems like years since it's been here. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. And I say, it's all right. I could do that bit. Sun, sun, sun. Here it comes. Here it comes. It goes really weird count. You go two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Sun, sun, sun. Here it comes. Here it comes, little darling. I feel the ice slowly melting. Little darling, it seems like years since it's been clear. Here comes, comes the sun. The Here comes, comes the, the sun. sun. And I say, it's, it's all right. right. Do, 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 do. There you go. Come on. Oh, Ed. I'm... Oh, mate. Imagine if I were to practice. I could be good at this. I have missed, oh. missed Happy doing days. this show. I like it. I like it. But life's <laughs> been crazy the last few weeks. But, but speak to you next week and see you in Devon in about, um, you know, a few yeah, days. A week and a half. A week and a half or so. Get in. All right. Get All right. In. I'll see you soon. Take All care, right. everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening back. Be good. Music, closing, entry, exit, tune now. Goodbye. Goodbye. 
You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.